You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Indians. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone to go check out Lockdown MLB with your boy Sully. I've been on there twice. Sully's a great guy. Go check that out. Today's show, we'll talk about the win. We'll uh, continue to visit some old friends. And we're going to talk about Nolan Jones. I had an interesting tweet. And we'll kind of go from there, uh, see how the day treats us, as it were. So first off, let's start with our Jake Bowers watch. If uh, you were not paying attention, he hit the go-ahead win against the Twins on Monday night. And then uh, yesterday, being Tuesday, he went three for five. So apparently all Jake Bowers needed was to leave Cleveland or to play right field. I don't know what the deal is, but that's right. He hit the uh, walk-off win, and then he goes three for five tonight against the Twins. No extra base hits in that. Just want to double-check. Yeah, no extra base hits. But still, just humorous to see him do that. The Twins, oof, 26 and 41. Like, that's a team where they're not coming back. Like, they, they can't come back from where they are. It, it would take just a phenomenal team effort to come back when you are that bad. Uh, you're like, what's gone wrong? Well, Byron Buxton got hurt. He was worth 2.5 war for them in 24 games. 2.5 in 24 games. He was on an MVP leg streak. Now, he also had a bat pit before 17. He was going to come back to earth because he wasn't walking that much, and he was striking out at a, eh, an okay rate. But he's always been a great defender. Offensively, 219 runs created plus. He was phenomenal. Nelson Cruz is 40, so that was a 149 uh, runs created plus. I don't know what to make of him. Jorge Polanco, who was supposed to not be a starter for them anymore after they went out and added uh, Andrelton Simmons. Has been effective. Mitch Garver, after kind of a down year last year, has bounced back. Josh Donaldson was a big signing for them, and he's been good but not great. I think they probably expected a little bit more, but he's been solid. Trevor Larnock, who I really liked when they got him, gosh, was it Oregon State where he came out? He was a big kid, didn't develop the power that everyone thought he'd have until his junior year. I was surprised when he fell as far as he did in the draft, I thought he was a top 10 talent. The Twins got him at like 20 or 21, absolute steal. He's playing well for them in the bigs as well. But you know, Max Kepler, down year. Luis Arez, down year. Uh, Alex Kirloff had about as bad of a start of the year as one can have. He's now up to about average for them. Uh, Nick Gordon's getting some time. Former top five pick, I want to say. Speaking of Andrelton Simmons, I give him a lot of credit for that signing, and he's been Andrelton Simmons. Good defense, not much there on offense. Bigger issues, just pitching. I know this is not locked on Twins, it's locked on Indians, but Twins are supposed to be the biggest competition for number two in this division. Jose Barrios has a war of 1.3 and a FIP of 3.67. Taylor Rogers has continued to be an excellent reliever for them. Michael Pineda's been solid. Uh, Kenta Maeda fell back to earth, and that was to be expected. We talked about that multiple times on the show. He's a solid number 4-5. He's not a Cy Young candidate most years, and he definitely benefited from the very weak schedule he faced uh, from last year to this year. And if, uh, let's see, so he is fourth. Caleb Theobar is tied for fourth in war amongst their pitchers. That's how bad it is. 
J.A. Happ is at a point one, one of their big free agent additions. Uh, they went out Hanson Robles, Tyler Duffy, Devin Smeltzer. Uh, who's the, like, I don't even see, where's the guy? You know, Rad, Randy Dobnik has been in 26 games and is worth negative 0.5 war. Uh, Matt Shoemaker, who they went out and brought in. Jorge Al, Alcalia, supposed to be part of the pen. It just hasn't worked out. I mean, almost across the board, it's been a disaster show with their pitching staff, and that's why the Twins are where they are. And this is a team that was developed 100% through hitting uh, and fielding, and they eschewed spending high picks and really dipping into free agency to add starters. They've kind of tried to play the the reverse Indians, where they're going to invest in bats and feel like we just need average starters to get there. And it, it blew up in their face this year at the constant going out and adding the cheap starter, going out and adding the Rich Hills and the Michael Pinedas and the J.A. Haps of the world. Is, you know, this is the year where it's caught up, and now the Twins are really, really bad. So that's, you know, thank you, Jake Bowers. We appreciate your continued assistance to the Cleveland Indians. I just wish you could have hit like this while you were here. Uh, speaking of players hitting while they are here, how about Bobby Bradley? That was quite a home run tonight uh, for his third since he's been called up. He goes two for four. Aforementioned home run. Uh, Ernie Clement, I believe, gets his first major league hit and his first major league start, right, playing second base. Uh, they, let's see, what was the roster move that we saw? Owen Miller was sent down. Uh, not a surprise with his struggles. you know. And again, it is not a straight line for baseball development. Players come up, players get sent down. Player, you know, Bobby Bradley looked awful in his last call up. He's looking fantastic now. We'll see if we can find a baseline between the two, between you know, uh, the best hitter in baseball and a guy who looks like he is never going to get another shot in the bigs. You know, his two call ups so far have been extreme ends of the spectrum. He'll settle into something, but Owen Miller was just overmatched and it showed. And you know, I hate to be this dude, but like. There's also reasons why Owen Miller was not a top 10 prospect. Like it was, it was a very limited profile and you're really betting on those contact rates. Um, and if I get nervous when you bet on contact rates, because that's one of those things. There've been so many guys who have had excellent contact rates who just the dips when you get to the big leagues. And that's always why I'm going to be the low man on Ty Freeman until he shows me he can do it. I just, I don't buy into contact rates and that skill it doesn't often translate it just it does not it's one of those things where we've seen a lot of players who have really good contact data and then they get to the big leagues and it's a whole new world and contact data kind of goes away you know, it, it's not uh, fully translatable from what i've seen watching games uh, and yeah i know there's people out there being like it's you have a small sample size it's what you've seen but again you know, it, we'll see if Owen Miller can come back. He has a, a wide range of skills, but it is, you know, it, it's the same reason, you know, if, I'm saying you know a ton, but it's the exact same reason I was not as high and uh, Francisco Mejia when he was here. I mean, there were people telling me you can't trade him. He's going to win a batting title. I got that exact tweet from someone. You can't trade Francisco Mejia. He's going to win a batting title. And I'm like, you know, it in that, that was the high contact profile. Now he was streakier than an Owen Miller or a Tyler Freeman is, but it, it's still a concern. That high contact profile, 
Uh, it can turn into something amazing, but it often is not a direct translation. Uh, but enough of that diatribe. Jose Ramirez, 0 for 5. Uh, he's been a little cooler of late. Not not quite as on that MVP stretch he was on early in the season. Uh, who has been on that MVP stretch? It's almost like uh, the minute Jose started to cool a little, that's when Ahmed Rosario took off. He's got a stranglehold on that number two spot in the lineup. Another multi-hit game. He was three for five. Let's see. Uh, I, I feel like he probably had a stolen base because when does he not have a stolen base? Yeah, he stole, had a stolen base. Also had his fifth error. He's not a great fielder. We know and accept that with him, but three for five. I mean, he continues to be the number two hitter on this team. And, you know, I, I really... Shortstop's not great. Like, let's be honest. For him to play shortstop's not ideal. But right now, if you're this team... And if there's a world where you can trade Cesar Hernandez for something, or even if you could, I mean, you're not going to be able to flip him for pitching as much as I would love that to happen. I just can't see that developing. But if you could uh, move him at the deadline, more and more seeing that, either the Mets combo or just looking at, uh, you know, Gabriel Arias or Andres Jimenez at shortstop for the defensive ability and then moving Rosario to second base, I think he would profile well there. I know we talked about playing him in center. It's not that Bobby Bradley necessarily has that position on lock uh, either. So it, it, that's not the reason why. But, you know, it, it just seems like Rosario might be better somewhere on the infield right now. And, you know, we'll see how it continues to go with him. I feel like I'm saying you know, and we'll see a lot in this podcast today. So I'm going to apologize. But. You have to be excited. I know at the end of the game today when I was watching it, uh, you know, the after game crew was like Frankie who? And it's like, let's let's not get there. Like Frankie Francisco Lindor, because that's what he wants to be called. Uh, and so, you know, saying Frankie who is like twice as demeaning of a guy who... yeah. It, so Francisco Lindor left because he wanted to get paid. We all want to get paid can't blame him for wanting to get the most money possible uh on his time in cleveland he was on a hall of fame track he put up numbers that put him amongst the top 20 hitters in cleveland indians history or maybe the top 25 to 30 but still in five years because remember he did not uh and not even five full years and five partial years because we had the 2020 issue he's one of the greatest hitters uh we've seen don the indians uniform so yeah, Frankie left. It stinks, but it, he could. He wasn't going to stay. Like, there's no way the Indians aren't paying a player like that. They're just not. It's the same reason. Some point next year, Jose Ramirez gets dealt. They just don't have it in them to pay those type of guys. The way the roster is constructed, and also if you paid one of them, let's say you go out and you paid Frankie Lindor, uh, and then he starts the season like he did, you are so badly handicapped as an organization. I mean, Frankie Lindor will make uh, like three quarters of the what the Indians payroll is, if not more. Uh, I'd have to go. I, I didn't think to do the math ahead of time. But yeah, it, it's just one of those things they can't do that. And you can't fault a guy for going out to get paid. Uh, that is the sport. And, and when they're getting high amounts of money, you know, it's not like I'm paying them. It's It's the owners who pay them and set that market. But I can't fault uh, Francisco Lindor for wanting to get paid. And I also understand that uh, it wasn't going to happen here. So we don't really need to 
we can talk about like, wow, right now it feels like the Indians are winning this trade. Yeah, that's fair. But let's still be respectful of Francisco Lindor and appreciative of what he did. I mean, the smile made us all happy for a long time. I guess five years we can probably define. But like he was the face of the Indians. He was a superstar. And I think we should all just appreciate what he did while he was here. Uh, Now, having said that, I realize I have not talked about the game in depth. We'll take a quick break here and we'll come back and talk a little bit more about today's win. I want to remind everyone to check out Locker Room. It's the super fun new app that I hop on and talk about all sorts of things. Last week, I did a 51-pick mock in the room and just sat there giving the information and the why. thought I'd use it as a podcast, but uh, I didn't use the right uh, microphone, so it wasn't great quality. But hey, it's good practice for when I do that later in the week on the podcast. Uh, two weeks before that, I talked with an Indians fan in the Carolinas, and we talked about all sorts of players, had a fun talk um, about Alex Ramirez and his impact in Japan, whereas I remembered him with his time in Canton Akron. You never know what you're going to hear. You never know what you're going to get a chance to discuss with Locker Room. Go download the app uh, on iOS and currently in beta on Android. I'm using it on Android. Download and try for yourself. Wealthfront is a new sponsor for us. And one of the things I always kind of point out with Wealthfront is they talk about how they have a special tool to help get back kind of the cost of investing uh, that the tax loss harvesting, which can more than cover their 2.5% advisory fee, that's automatic. But here's what's fun about that. If you sign up now with Wealthfront, who have over 20, they're trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com backslash locked on MLB. So you get that tool, but you're not, it's not costing you anything. That's all right. You can go put your money in Wealthfront right now and that first 5000 is managed for free. You need 500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way. Let Wealthfront work for you. To get your first 5000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com backslash MLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash MLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com backslash MLB and get started today. So the Indians won, as we talked about. Uh, The Orioles cannot win on the road. So even though the Indians struggle mightily with the Orioles at multiple points, they, uh, you know, the Orioles' kryptonite is road games. I understand the bullpen has been and will continue to be taxed. Uh, Today's game didn't help because, again, you're trying to stretch out a reliever. So for, you know, Mejia pitched pretty well. Can only go four. Quantrell can only go four. I understand you have limited pen, but did we really need to see Karen Chaka and Classe in a five-run game? Like, I, I know maybe you say, you know, Classe, I don't think he's pitched since the Cardinals series, so maybe you can argue that he needed innings. Karen Chaka pitched Sunday. It wouldn't have been the worst thing to not have him pitch an inning. Uh, you're either likely stretching out uh, Trevor Steffen or Sam Henches. You're not using both. Use one of them in this game. Let them pitch two innings. You have a five-run game. You know, help those guys get stretched out then by having them go out and throw two innings or three innings. You have converted starters. Let's start using them to actually soak up multiple innings in these situations instead of having five pitchers come in after Quantrill pitches well. 
I, you know, I'm always worried about overuse, and it's been a consistent issue with the Indians, and we're seeing it in the early goings, and it's just going to come back to haunt them because it has come back to haunt them with every pitcher. I mean, they uh, Cody Allen never got to be a free agent. His arm fell off in his final year. He got like a very small amount to go at the Angels and retired before he turned 30, the greatest reliever in Indians history, and he didn't make it to 30 through overuse. Andrew Miller has been a shell of himself since his time in Cleveland. Uh, I can go back. I can go on. It's just, it's a massive concern. and something I'm going to be continually watching with this team. I, again, it doesn't hurt him to give those guys a little bit more rest here and there. Uh, Phil Maton does not get rests. He had a nice bounce back for him. Uh, Nick Whitgren has not been used as much this year. But uh, solid performance as well. Blake Parker gave up a run. Uh, he's not been all that effective, but that's no surprise. He's a guy who the metrics and the advanced data, it's like there's no spin and no move on a lot of his pitches, which makes them quite easy to pick up. Quantrell, three hits, no walks, one run, four strikeouts. That's a really solid performance. ERA of 311 over the course of the year. I'd like to see what he can do. Hopefully he'll get that opportunity to play for the Indians as a starter and continually we can see if he can get stretched out I uh, provide more than four innings and what if he could be that starter that they need I mean they need some young starters they need some guys to step up fit before 07 which is good uh, he doesn't walk you know walk percentage of 8.2 strikeout percentage of 19.2 a lot of reasons to be bullish on uh, Quantrell and hopefully he'll hopefully this is just the beginning uh his strikeout rate is let me see you know it, that's so his walk he's walking a little over three striking out a little over seven you'd like to see a few more strikeouts walk rate's fine uh he's probably more of a you know even if everything works he's a back end arm but man could this team use a back end arm right now Offensively, who reached base twice in this one? It might be easier. Well, I guess it's not that many, really. Uh, Cesar Hernandez, Bradley Zimmer, Bobby Bradley, and Ahmed Rosario. Mentioned Rosario earlier. Uh, Cesar Hernandez had two walks and a hit. Uh, Bobby Bradley had a walk and a hit. His on base is 354. Uh, his profile was always going to be lots of strikeouts. I but I thought there'd be more power that has not appeared, but he's got a very respectable on-base percentage so far in the big leagues, which with his defense, I mean, you'll take it. Hopefully he can start creeping a little bit closer to average uh, over the course of things. But uh, again, why was he not given the opportunity? Why did they go with, I'm, I've already blocked out the uh, the outfielder. I can't even think. I'm like, and I'm like he's got a brother who played, who was the bigger name prospect, but he never really turned into anything. Uh, was it like, I'm completely blanking out on the, the guy who ended up going to the Pirates. doesn't matter. It was like 17 at-bats and it was really bad. But why was he here? Why was Zimmer not given that opportunity? It's just odd. Uh, we talked about Bobby Bradley, big hit. Adam Plutko, you know, people, it's funny how many people want to push for the return of Plutko. And Plutko is a serviceable major league pitcher. But he is just serviceable. Like, I thought it was a good trade at the time because they had so many people they needed to see what they could do. And it's better to kind of see what some of these young pitchers can do. Plutko is a very borderline major league pitcher. 
and it's he's he gets hit hard and I, I have no regrets with that trade. I think he's valuable to uh, to Baltimore, but I don't think you know having he would not have been the savior of this pitching staff. Let's put it that way. Uh, talked about Zimmer. Talked about Bradley. Rosario, I, if I'm doing three stars in this one, one has to be Quantrell, one has to be Bobby Bradley, and the other has to be Ahmed Rosario. Uh, interesting grouping, two coming over in recent trades, and one being a, a player who is, you know, just finally getting this opportunity. Uh, I know he's not the biggest proponent of Bobby Bradley, and he's making me look foolish, but I will always happily look foolish uh, if it means that there is someone performing well for the Cleveland Indians. In terms of the rest of this series, so let me go over to the good old roster resources here. Open up and discuss. Remember, the Indians have next week, they have an off day, and that's their only off day this month is next Wednesday. So we have Savali versus Keegan Aiken, and then I don't think we have a formally announced Thursday starter. Uh, Roster resources is saying Sam Hench is in that spot. I don't know if that's announced yet or not. Because then at the same time, Friday, roster resources still has Shane Bieber listed. So obviously that's not going to happen. But after this Baltimore series, they have Pittsburgh, the worst team in baseball. Now, the unfortunate thing is when they face Pittsburgh, they do have to face Brew Baker and Tyler Anderson, who have been the you know the productive players for Pittsburgh so far this year in terms of that pitching staff. Uh, I was just kind of pulling it up here to make sure that I'm not totally off base. Yeah, I mean... Anderson, Brubaker have definitely stood out uh, as pitchers on that Pirates team. Uh, Will Crow, former Indians draft pick and uh, twice drafted by the Cleveland Indians. Fun fact by Will Crow, uh, out of high school and as a draft eligible sophomore before being a second rounder, maybe a third rounder by Washington before he was traded for. Um, see, this is what happens when you record a podcast like really late at night. You lose names. The former DH, Josh. Ball, no, no, Troy Ball was the left-handed pitcher uh, who was a prep player. You know what I'm talking about, the first baseman with the Washington Nationals now, uh, who's a very bad defender. But either way, you know, you'd much rather see Cool, uh, DeJong, or Crow and not Brew Baker and Anderson. Unfortunately, like I said, that is not who the Indians are facing in this one. They are instead facing uh, the two pitchers who have been solid. I, as a fan of the Indians and as a, someone who thinks they could still kind of compete for a wild card spot. So yeah, Josh Bell, Troy Ball. Yes, because I said Ball. Ball was the left-handed pitcher slash outfielder who the Red Sox took from Indiana. I can remember that. But I like Don Josh Bell, who I can tell you, I remember was uh, committed to Stanford, second round pick, and took like $5 million to sign, like the last year before we uh, the whole draft slotting system occurred. So that's the information. I can't remember names, but I can tell you that. Uh, but enough of my digressions. You know, it, when you see Tyler Anderson, I think he's a name, the, pi- the Pirates. If the Indians are, you know, sticking around in this wildcard hunt, he's a name to consider. Like, left-handed pitcher, he's a free agent at the end of the year, it'd be a rental the Indians need another pitcher, I don't think the cost is going to be super high. The Pirates are going to look to move on and like, what is, should I pause it? I'll go pause and do a a realistic trade. Give me one second. So if I go over to the trade value sites, 
Dan Anderson at about a 3.2. I think that'll go down a bit as the season goes on because you get less of him, right? It's a one-year deal. So around that value on the Indians, 3.3 is to P.D. Halpin and Josh Wolf, 2.9 to Carlos Vargas, 2.6 to Milan Tolentino, 3.5 to uh, Miklo Jock, Miklo Chock, who I I don't think they'll trade because honestly he could end up helping them in the bullpen this year with the way he's going. Uh, Daniel Johnson at 3.8. With the way they're valuing Daniel Johnson currently and with the way the Pirates have been trying to land on an outfielder, I mean, I wouldn't love it, but Daniel Johnson for Tyler Anderson might end up making sense for both of those teams. Just going to throw that out there into the wind, as it were. Uh, Like I said, there's a logic to it. Jose Tenya, who we've talked about, is a potential uh, Rule 5 selectee. Uh, One of those... 10 to add uh, is at about a 2.4 so maybe you could also talk about him in a one-on-one may not be what people want to hear but it's one of those things that again if this team is contending they're going to have to add pitching you're going to have to find places that Pirates team is one of those places to potentially look Bill Barr how do I love thee let me count the ways and you can count the ways through all their fantastic products Right now, the deal is, I think they're, it's the Boost and the Built Bar Bites are the, currently the sale over there on Built Bar. Uh, like I said, I always recommend getting the mixed box, seeing what you like for yourself. I always appreciate the fact that the ones I don't necessarily love, I know others love that. So I'd, And even the ones I don't love, I still eat. I was just up in my pantry looking for a snack. As I said, I'm doing another late night recording. And I found like the box of little bars I had bought in, uh, right as the pandemic had started that was not Built Bar. And how I still had those and how I was going to throw them away because they were past their expiration. Built Bar doesn't last in this house. Other things I don't always get to, but I always get to the Built Bar. They're all great. They're all delicious. They're all good for you. Remember, when you go to Built Bar, use that promo code LOCKEDON15. Save 15% off your order. Everyone loves Built Bar. You can't go wrong. I, I'm really hoping they're going to put that grasshopper fudge up soon because the minute they do, I'm ordering two boxes. You should as well. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON15. Let's go over to bet online and see what the line for tomorrow's Indians matchup is. I'm betting, as I learn about betting, uh, unintentional pun there, that the Indians will be favored because Baltimore is just horrendous. Uh, let's find the line, especially with Savali on the mound. Yeah, I'm right. Baltimore's going to run and a half. They're negative 150 compared to a plus 130 for the Indians. They're really trying to get you to go uh, out there and. Put the money on Baltimore in this one. It is uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, and you know that it is a bad team on a bad stretch, uh, facing a starter who's been surprisingly good this year. If you want to go check out the lines for yourself or any number of information gambling, uh, if odds boosters I see over here on the right, martial arts, hockey. I talked about politics. E, uh, esports, poker, racebook, whatever you want, they have it at betonline.ag. Remember to use the promo code locked on to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. That is betonline.ag. Promo code is locked on to get your 50% bonus. So, for our last segment, I wanted to just real quickly here bring up a tweet that I saw, and I want to give credit where credit is due. I'm not sure if it's, you know, sometimes Facebook favorites things for me. Uh, it so if I'm responding to, you know, there's certain people I feel like I'm always responding because it's going to be like, hey, uh, it's due to Facebook has decided that you are someone that I need to, when I go to look at my mentions, favorite everything you write, apparently. 
I'm not sure if it's that or if it's retweeted, but I want to give credit to at Chad Young. He hosts the Autobot podcast, uh, O-T-T-O-B-O-T pod. Give credit to that. I'm not as familiar with uh, some of the wording in that one up top there. Uh, could just be because I'm old man, but whatever. But Chad had a great line here. And... You know, he talks about, it's about Nolan Jones. And he says, I know overall line isn't that great. My comeback to that is, while there's concerns in that line, he still has a 105 runs created plus. It's not a bad line. He's been above league average. So even though, like, he's not quite living up to what a lot of people hoped or wanted, he's still been league average. So I just want to put my own spin on it. That wasn't him. But since May 18th, arbitrary endpoint alert, Nolan Jones is hitting 276, 417, 500 with a 149 runs created plus. Still a 30.2% K rate, but walking 17.7% of the time. And since the 27th of May, the K rate is 23%, but the walk rate is still 17% and a 144 runs created plus. A lot here. Now remember... Nolan Jones is getting his first taste of AAA. He is still 23 years old, freshly, relatively freshly turned. He's a very young player playing in AAA, holding his own, and showing signs of improvement and getting better. Now, there are a lot of people who have been burying him, and I've seen it. I've noticed it. Uh, it is always interesting to me. I feel like there's going to be like Nolan Jones and Tyler Freeman camps uh, I guess I'm fully in the Nolan Jones one, as I've already discussed why uh, Ty Freeman. I let, like okay, so these are the number one, number two prospects in system to me. Uh, so let's, let's before anyone thinks like I, I really dislike Ty Freeman. They're one and two. Uh, it is interesting though. A lot of people are very down on Nolan Jones, and yes, I say he's number two in system, or I say he's number one in system, with the caveat that he's probably going to just be awful against left-handed pitching. Uh, and that can be okay, and you can be successful. I mean, how long did, not to say he's Jim Tomey, but remember Jim Tomey wasn't allowed to hit lefties. I remember growing up as a child and being like, well, Jim Tomey isn't as good as the other sluggers on this team because they don't have to sit on the bench when it's a left, left-handed left pitcher. Knowing a player's limitations, especially when they're uh, going to face mostly right-handed pitching, it, that's not as big of a concern to me. I think the guy walks. He walks at a very high percentage. He strikes out a lot, but the power is there, and he's going to continue to tap into it. There's a reason why, like with Zips, he was one of the top ten prospects in baseball, and he's a young guy continually improving, continually improving, continuing to work. You know, before this, his worst runs created plus in a minor league level, where he played, you know, more than forty games, was a one forty seven. Like the guy has been consistently very good in the minors. And I think he'll eventually at some point this year, we'll see him in the bigs. I don't know when he's already on the 40 man. So you don't have to worry about that with the way Bobby Bradley is playing. It probably makes it a little bit harder to figure out where Nolan Jones is going to go or how they can properly deploy him. At the same time, one could argue that it might never be easier than it is right now with um, Fran Milhurt, that he could come up and get some, Rips is a DH, uh, specifically because he could come up and play, and then when Fran Mill's ready, you send him down. Unless he's playing so well, you can't. And then you have a nice problem to figure out, right? If he is playing so well, 
that you have to make a hard decision, then you it, everything's gone better and you could hope <laughs> if you enter that situation. The worst case scenario is he plays so well you can't send him back down. We're already, I feel, safely past the Super 2 mark. Typically when you get into mid-June, you're past that worry, that concern. So I feel like there's not a whole lot of reason. And if he continues to show improvement, you know, like I said, they're, they're kind of in a good place to call him up. And if it goes poorly, you send him back down to AAA like you did with you know, Owen Miller and we did with in the past with guys like Bobby Bradley and Jose Ramirez and knowing that we'll see him again and that often it takes a few trips. But if we get lucky and he's more Frankie Lindor and he's up to stay, then you find a way to make him work. You put him in the outfield and know that, okay, the defense isn't going to be great, but we'll put him in left and it'll be okay. Uh, we'll figure out our own situations with platoons and players and all that fun stuff. But if you're in a situation where Bobby Bradley's playing well and you have um, Josh Naylor playing close to league average, he hasn't been spectacular, but he's been good enough that you wouldn't want to take him out of the lineup. If he's in right, and he's already kind of a disaster defensively, let's be honest, uh, but if he's in right, you can just, you know, go ahead. Let him, uh, let Nolan Jones play left. If he's playing so well you can't send him down, then you just tip your hat and you do a Nolan Jones, Harold Ramirez platoon. Or when Luplo is ready to go, you let uh, you let those two platoon. But you figure out something like that and it's going to make your team better. And like I said, the time is now. And again, big shout out to at Chad Young who uh, had that tweet. Uh, I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked in the Indians podcast. Pat will be on tomorrow's show. Uh, then after that show, I'm going to have We'll have one off day next week, and I'll have two to three shows that will be the mock draft starting on Friday. And then uh, we'll kind of see, based on when I get back into town, uh, if anything big breaks, any news occurs, I'll do a lockdown now. So follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. If the story is big enough, I will record. It'll be through the phone, likely, as I was told. The quality is pretty good on there. But look out for that. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked on Indians Podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. All of that helps our little show grow. And for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.